Philippians chapter 1 tonight. <clears throat> Philippians chapter 1. <clears throat> The Apostle Paul is uh, writing them a letter, of course, from prison, as we know, and uh, encouraging them and uh, giving them some direction and thankful for the gifts and things sent. And, and he writes in uh, verse uh, 19, beginning in chapter 1, For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. He's, salvation there, he's speaking of deliverance uh, uh, from prison. He says, according to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all uh, boldness as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified uh, in my body, whether it be by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But, I, but if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I want not. For I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart, and to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for your furtherance and joy uh, of faith, that your rejoicing may be more abundant in Jesus Christ for me uh, by my coming to you again. Uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word uh, tonight. And, um, Lord, I thank you that, as you promised, uh, you are here with us. And Father, thank you for uh, the good day you've given us. I thank you for the good services this morning and the word that has gone forth, for the opportunity that we've had to worship together and sing praises unto you, to learn your word, to examine our lives and hearts. God, we thank you uh, for all of this. And Father, I, I pray for the filling of your spirit tonight to minister uh, your word to your people uh, fill my dear wife in the nursery and with your spirit watching the children father and be with us each one be with those watching also online and uh, speak to our hearts uh, you love us all your desire is that all would be saved and that all the saved would draw closer to you and be conformed into the image of Jesus Christ by your word and by your spirit and for your glory and so, Father, we do pray that you work these things in our hearts and lives and show us that uh, image that we need to see, that image of ourselves as we look into the mirror of God's Word. And uh, We may need to see some sins. We may need to see some things we neglected. And, uh, and Father, help us deal with those. Father, there, there's a need perhaps for encouragement and wisdom. You know the need of every life, Father, and you can meet every need. And so we thank you. We praise you for that. Uh, we do pray uh, and are thankful that our, our requests we've laid, laid before your feet. Uh, we know that, that you will work in those things for our good and your glory. And Once again, work in our midst tonight. Encourage us by your word and by your spirit and help us uh, to consider the wonder of your son and of all that you have done for us and given to us through him. Father, we pray and ask these things in Jesus' name for his glory. Amen. Amen. You may be seated.
we've been getting a lot of Philippians recently, haven't we? <laughs> Lord must want us to be parked there for a while. Oh, praise the Lord. Uh, I've entitled the message uh, tonight simply a Christ, uh, uh, Christ-centered life, Christ-centered life. And certainly the Apostle Paul uh, is one that we follow by example, obviously, and uh, Christ indeed was the center uh, of his life, and that was demonstrated in both the letters that he wrote and the life, the life that he lived. Uh, we know that as Paul is writing this letter to the Philippians, he is, in, he is uh, imprisoned in Rome. He's under house arrest. And uh, he put, the way he puts it forth, he, uh, it was possible that he could live or die uh, during even this imprisonment. And uh, uh, so it uh, could be a life or death situation. He's at a crossroads in his life, therefore, live or die. Uh, he's willing uh, to do either, we saw there in verses 23 and 24. Uh, he defines his purpose in life uh, very clearly for us in verse 20. According to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. So uh, God hears my body, uh, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Uh, you do with it what you will. Your will uh, may keep me alive a long time. Your will may take me home through martyrdom, whatever it might be. But Paul was determined that he was yield, had yield to be a vessel through which God would work uh, to do his will, whatever uh, that meant. He had set his sights on a purpose that he valued greater than this physical life. Uh, he, had, uh, uh, he, he, he had put Christ first, Christ the center of all, of all that he is. Uh, when he, in Acts chapter 20, when he was finishing his third missionary journey there, and headed for uh, Jerusalem, speaking to those elders at, at, at Ephesus, we mentioned this this morning, I think, he says... Uh, but anyway, Acts 20, 24, he says, None of these things move me, all that's come upon me. He says, uh, uh, Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy. And the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. But the Bible, Jesus said, If we don't hate our, our, life in, our own life in this world, uh, we can't be his disciple. And uh, Paul said, I have uh, regarded and esteemed following Christ and being a follower of Christ more important than my own physical life, than whether I live or die. And so he was determined uh, that, uh, that God would use him uh, and work uh, th through him. Uh, in Mark uh, 8.35, Jesus said, Whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. If we'll hand it over to Christ, uh, we'll truly know what living life is all about. Someone has said, you're not ready to live life unless you're living, uh, unless there's something that you die for. Uh, uh, if, if, this, if this physical life is the most important thing, then you're living a miserable life because you're going to lose this. <laughs> you can't hang on to it, and you're just watching the clock tick away. <laughs> and uh, I wouldn't want to live that way. We have a hope, amen, and, uh, and uh, hope uh, that, that is not seen. If I hope seen, you know, why do we yet hope for it? Uh, no, we look forward to it. We look forward 
uh, to that uh, meeting with Christ, to that uh, being with him. And so Paul uh, finds that uh, the fulfillment of our physical life and our earthly life is to be a testimony for Jesus and faithfulness, serving him in whatever ways he would lead us. We'll look at a few things down through these passages uh, that I would hope encourage us and give us some uh, uh, direction and, and encouragement uh, following Paul in this, in this Christ-centered life. Uh, first of all, we see number one, the commitment of a Christ-centered life. Verse 20, my expectation, my hope, and nothing I shall be ashamed with all boldness as always. Uh, uh, so he's got this commitment uh, that he wants Christ to be magnified in his body. He doesn't want to be ashamed or, or defeated in his purpose. He, doesn't, he wants to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And so he wants to go forward. He has that commitment uh, of, of a Christ-centered life. Uh, so by life or by death, he can't get any more committed than that. And, uh, of course, he, he proved that in, in the way he was willing to minister. Secondly, we see uh, the courage of a Christ-centered life. The courage of a Christ-centered life. He says... Uh, in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that what? With all boldness. With all boldness. Uh, Paul certainly uh, had the boldness of Christ. And of course, that's the Holy Spirit working through him. By the way, the Holy Spirit living in us is no different, amen, than the Holy Spirit living in him. And we just need to remember that and, uh, and need to trust more in actually what Christ has done to us uh, through salvation by indwelling us with his spirit, giving us his word uh, to learn and to apply and to go forward uh, and in, in, in our Christian life. With all boldness, uh, Paul says, that courage in, uh, in, of, of a Christ-centered life. Uh, when Peter and, and John and those uh, 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 preached the word of God so boldly against the, uh, against the, uh, the will of the, of the Sanhedrin and the rulers as they threatened them, and as they questioned them at times, uh, uh, they boldly spake to them, you know, ought, ought we to obey God or man? You judge. <laughs> uh, we're going to obey God. And, and in Acts 4.13, the Bible says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John uh, and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, uh, they, that is, they hadn't learned under them, at least in the scriptures and stuff under them, uh, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Well, that's a good testimony, isn't it? The boldness of them. They, they've been with Christ. Uh, uh, you know, if, we, if we're going to abide in Christ and walk with Christ, if he's the center of our life, he's going to give us courage. And he's going to uh, uh, work that our perfect love, what, cast out all fear. And uh, we're going to have a boldness. Uh, it's, it's amazing how emboldening love is. When our motive is love, when we're trying to help somebody, you're not afraid to tell them. Why? Because the motive is absolutely pure. It's the very best thing for them. Matter of fact, you'd feel bad if you didn't tell them. You'd feel, you'd feel negligent, you know. It's amazing how that works. Uh, how Christ brings that boldness through, through that, that divine love uh, that he puts in our hearts by the, by the Holy Spirit. They acknowledge that he'd been with, been with Jesus because of that boldness. And... Uh, uh, Peter and John would later pray, Now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they might speak thy word. Yeah, it wasn't just that they 
had been with Christ, it was what? They continued to be with Christ by faith, amen? And in prayer, they continued to seek him for that boldness and uh, uh, for all uh, that uh, God had for them. They wanted to continue to be uh, faithful witnesses, uh, the commitment, the courage uh, of the Christ-centered life. And thirdly, we see the consistency of a Christ-centered life, the consistency of a Christ-centered life. I don't want to be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also. Uh, a, continue, a continuing thing. Uh, look at the end of verse 25 there. I shall abide and continue with you. Uh, God has been with us. God is with us. We expect that he will continue to be with us. We want to continue in this same power, this same love, this same ministry, this same enabling of the Holy Spirit, uh, this, uh, the, the same things that God works out by His mighty power. A life that is consistent can be followed. And, uh, uh, you know, if you have, uh, Hebrews talks about making straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way. If you're trying to track something and it's zigzagging all over the place, hiding here and there, you're going to have a hard time following, aren't you? But when them steps are big, bold, and plain, and straightforward, it's an easier path to follow. Remember as kids uh, walking out to school, the, the, we had a, about a quarter mile of dirt lanes we had to walk out to get to the first, closest paved road. And, and, and my dad, he, 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 was, he, he was kind of duck-footed. His, his feet kind of, kind of were like this. You know, he walked like that. And... and uh, uh, his uh, grandson, my son Joe, took after him. We were walking through the through the Christian's uh, bookstore one years ago here in Corrales one time. They had and they had shelves set up uh, along the side there. They had stuff on the floor, and uh, Joe was walking. They had that, and Joe was walking through there just knocking over the. <laughs> stop! Stop! Uh, but uh, but I remember my dad walking out the lane when the sometimes the bulldozer would be broke down and we could, couldn't get it started so we had to uh, maybe he, he would walk out in front of us with his feet and he'd plow that just to that snow making that make that path you know it was too hard to walk in his footprints <laughs> footsteps you know but uh, but the snow that he knocked out of the way was was helpful and uh, making that straight path uh, and uh, that bold path that others can see and be able uh, 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 to follow us. Uh, uh, Hebrews twelve thirteen make straight straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way. And Paul said, First Corinthians four sixteen, wherefore I beseech you, what be ye followers of me, uh, be followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. He added in First Corinthians eleven one. So as he was following Christ, we are to follow him. And he says it again in Philippians 3.17, this uh, very letter here. Be followers together of me, and mark them which walk so as you have for an ensample. So follow together of me, and follow others that you see that are following me and following Christ. And so uh, be on the lookout for those you can follow, <laughs> and is what he's saying. And that's good advice. And we all have those we can follow and be challenged to draw closer uh, to uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, the consistency uh, of a Christ-centered <clears throat> life. <clears throat> a brief, simple, uh, but expressive eulogy was pronounced by Martin Luther 
upon a pastor at uh, Zwickau in 1522 named Nicholas Hossman. What was the eulogy uh, that Martin Luther gave of this man? What we preach, he lived. <laughs> what we preach, he lived. That's pretty good. <laughs> and uh, consistency. A man's life is always more forcible than his speech. When men take stock of him, they reckon his deeds as dollars and his words as pennies. If his life and doctrine disagree, uh, the mass of onlookers accept his practice and reject his preaching. And that's a sobering uh, uh, situation to remember. Amen. Uh, being, being consistent. Being, being consistent. That consistency that God has for us. Then we see also the conflict of a Christian-centered life. The conflict of a Christian-centered life. <clears throat> I turned the page too fast there or something. <clears throat> or shuffled my pages up here. There we go. Conflict of a Christ-centered life. <clears throat> we think about Paul. He says in verse 22, But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. What's he, what's he talking about there? Um, Jesus had special plans for Paul. God was showing his strength. He was showing what he could do. Uh, in any soul. Uh, Paul called himself the chiefest of sinners. And it seems to me, I mean, he was a, a Christian hunter, really. And I, I think with the Apostle Paul, God was saying, watch what I can do. There's people that say, well, God could never save me. You say, well, there was somebody that he saved that was, that, was, that was probably a far greater miracle than you, and he used that guy to write, to write most of the New Testament, so I think he can do okay with you, you know? And, uh, oh, the church would collapse if I fall in. No, no I think Paul, the, that the Lord decided to use Paul as an example. So nobody could say, well, I'm just beyond reach. I mean, Jesus told his disciples the day would come that he that killeth you would think that he doeth God's service. Paul was that, was that man. Okay, and uh, and God and God says, "Watch me, watch what I can do uh, with with the chief of the conflict uh, 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 of the Christian life." Paul, uh, when he was saved, uh, uh, he of course the Lord met him on that road to Damascus and saw that great light and and was blinded and went uh, went into there and and God sent Ananias to go talk to him and Ananias. Wait, Lord, I've heard all about this guy, and he's done much harm to, uh, to your people, and he's come here uh, to bring uh, well, the ones that he can find of us to jail and all the. Are you sure about this, God? And, of course, God told Ananias to go his way. He was a chosen vessel. He said unto him, uh, God to Ananias, uh, Acts 9, 15, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. Here it is. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. The Lord was going to lead the Apostle Paul through a path of suffering for his glory. And I think that's so that you and I could look on 
and say, we have hope. God can take that man and make him the Christian that he made him and bring him through those things that he brought him through, then he can help me. He can help me in my troubles. God had a special uh, uh, calling for Saul. Uh, in, in, in 1 Timothy 1.16, we kind of get a more inkling of that. Uh, Paul uh, said that he, was, he did things in ignorance. He truly thought that he was, he was deceived. He thought uh, he was serving God. And so he says in 1 Timothy uh, 1.16, How be it for this cause, my ignorance, I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all longsuffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to everlasting life. That's a wonderful truth to know. If you have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ to everlasting life, God has a pattern for you to follow. And his name's the Apostle Paul. God set his life forward to show you his power and what he could do. He's a pattern to them that should hereafter believe. He's an example of, of, of what God can do. But I've got sufferings lined up for him. I thought about the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul hated and hurt Christians. And God, he hated, so in other words, he hated really and hurt Christ. And God turned him into one who would be willingly hated himself and hurt by others for Christ. What, what a miracle. And God says, see that? Not only is he hated of, of people because of, for me, for my sake, and hurt of people uh, for my sake, but he wants to do it. And he's doing it with all his heart. And we are to look on and say, yeah, God's a powerful God. He can help me in my problems. He can help me glorify his name. Uh, these sufferings that were set before him. And Paul uh, recounts some of these through, the, through his writings. 2 Corinthians eleven thirty two, 32. In Damascus, the governor of Artis, the king, kept the city of, of the Damascenes with a garrison desirous to apprehend me. And through a window in a basket was I let down by the wall and escaped his hands. So the very first city he comes into, witnessing, having been born again, becomes a prison. <laughs> They're watching at the gates to kill him. And he asked to what? Escape that city through a window being let down by a basket. What did the Lord say? I'll show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And it started out right away. Uh, the very city became, became that prison. And when he was talking to those elders in Ephesus, on that, uh, after that last journey on his way to Jerusalem, he says, Now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing what things shall befall me there, save what? That the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. They're with me. They follow me. Jesus said, I'm going to show him what great things he must suffer for my name's sake. I'm going to show my power through him. And, uh, and so he had been... He had uh, been in, 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 in sense imprisoned in the city in, in, in Damascus behind those walls. He had been imprisoned for Ces in Caesarea, remember, for two years, waiting uh, for uh, 
Jews and, and the, the rulers to get their act together. Finally, they, they sent him to Rome. After that, he was, he was imprisoned, by the way, uh, for a while in, in, uh, in Jerusalem uh, before they sent him down there. Uh, as he was the prisoner there in Caesarea, uh, uh, they eventually sent him what? Sent him to Rome as a prisoner on board a ship. <laughs> uh, prisoner on board a ship uh, uh, for several months. And he talked about his sufferings in 1 Corinthians 11, 23 and following. He goes through those. and uh, They ministers of Christ. I speak as a fool. I am more. Labor is more abundant. Stripes above measure. And prisons more frequent. And deaths oft. Jews five, of the Jews five times received I 40 stripes save one. Uh, what's that? 200. Uh, I counted that up one time. I don't want to do that. But that's a lot of stripes. Can you imagine what your back would look like after that? <laughs> That's why I said one place, don't tell them not to bother me. I bear the marks of the Lord Jesus in my, in my flesh. Journeys often, perils often. He talks about thrice beaten with rod, stone. Uh, 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 thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I've been in the deep, out in the ocean there, wondering if you're going to be eaten by something. What sufferings? Uh, what sufferings? <clears throat> the conflict of the Christian life. All that live in, in, that godly in Christ Jesus, what? Shall suffer persecution. We're going to have conflict if we want to have a Christ-centered life. Uh, we'll have conflict. You will have some problems, perhaps, that you wouldn't have had if you had not been a bold Christian. <laughs> uh, you were going to attract uh, the attack of the devil uh, and uh, of the ungodly. But the thing is, uh, our God is greater. Amen. Uh, greater is he that is in you than he is in the world. And he will give us the grace uh, to love our enemies, to speak the truth in love, to continue preaching this word, uh, which is what God has simply called us to do. The conflict of a, of a Christ-centered uh, life. And then number five, we see the contentment of a Christ-centered life. The contentment. <clears throat> But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Uh, yet what I shall choose, I, I want not. I don't know. For I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to part to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. So he's in a position, uh, it seems, where he could live or die. And he says, I'm not sure which I want to do. Uh, we think about that for a while. Uh, it's a picture of contentment. I mean, the average Christian is either clawing for one or the other. You know, uh, I, don't want, I do not want to die, or Lord, take me out of here. Uh, you know, I've been here too long. It, it, it seems like they're clawing for one or the other, you know. But Paul says, I could die, I could live. I could go on and minister the word and continue the sufferings that, it, that I'm having. But remember, he didn't suffer those, he suffered those things with joy. See, God, God was showing off the fruits of his spirit to the Apostle Paul. I can take you through this and make you a joyful Christian. Matter of fact, one who would speak of joy so much through this letter. Uh, and uh, God can do that. Uh, the contentment that he put in his life. I'm, I'm not sure which I want more. He says, uh, living or dying. Uh, the contentment of a Christ-centered life. <clears throat> the compassion of a Christ-centered life. 
this is that thing of uh, kind of a combination of humility there. Uh, in verse 24, Paul writes, uh, <clears throat> well, before I get away from contentment, Contentment makes poor men rich. Discontentment makes rich men poor. Benjamin Franklin. Well, isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? He that is down needs fear no fall. He that is low, no pride. He that is humble ever shall have God to be his guide. I am content with what I have, little be it or much. And Lord, contentment still I crave, because thou savest such. John Bunyan in his anthology of Jesus. Contentment, contentment. <clears throat> Paul uh, was, I've learned in whatsoever state I am therewith uh, uh, to be, uh, to be content. <clears throat> the compassion of a Christ-centered life. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is what? more needful for you. Who is Paul living for? Others. Others. See, that's how we live for Christ. We live for others. As much as ye have done it unto one of the least of these, what, my brethren, ye have done it unto me? The only way we can minister to Christ is to minister to others. That's what Paul was, that's what he was sold out on doing. He was exercising that true humility that Brother Chris was talking about this morning not thinking lowly of yourself but what not thinking of yourself well I might die here I might be beaten again I'm not thinking of myself I've already decided this is, this, this is God's vessel whether he wants to kill it or whether he wants to keep it alive it's his and I'll think of others and, I, and I'm looking out for their good for their growth and by the way I may have to suffer some to see them grow I may have to go through some difficult situations to see them grow and, and be helped. The compassion of a Christ-centered life. Paul wrote to Timothy in the, in the second chapter here, or I mean, or to the church in the second chapter, he says, he says, I trust in the Lord Jesus to send uh, Timotheus shortly unto you, but I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. For all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. But you know the proof of him, that as the son of the Father, he hath served with me in the gospel. That's an interesting uh, paragraph there. I have no, no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. We have, a, we have a new nature. And we can live in submission to that new nature. I think what, what's Paul saying? We ought to be getting used to that. I guess we could say, I have no man like-minded who will supernaturally care for your state. But being Christians, we are enabled to live for others. In fact, uh, it is according to Romans 12, 1 and 2, what? Our reasonable service, not our what? Exceptional service. And Paul's saying, it, it, it comes with your nature. 
believer. You have a new nature. And so according to your new nature, you can naturally care for others. But we can't do it with the old nature, can we? We've got to be yielded to that spiritual nature in us. That's, that's what he wants to do. That's what he will do. He will guide us to live for others and minister to others. What, what compassion. Uh, Paul wrote to the church at Thessalonica, So being affectionately desirous of you, we were willing to have imparted unto you not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls, because ye were dear unto us. Amazing. Uh, you think amazing love. You know, Jesus told his disciples, continue ye, in, 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 he says uh, that he loved, the Father loved him, he loved the Father, he, he loved the disciples, he said, continue ye in my love. I think what he's saying there is, you continue to love as I loved you and as I love the Father and as the Father loved me. Because I have enabled you to do that. Continue ye uh, in my love. Continue letting that love flow through you and to others and to the world. That very, that very compassion. The compassion of a Christ-centered life. <clears throat> and then finally... <clears throat> confidence of a Christ-centered life. When you're walking with the Lord and your heart is right with God and you're being transparent with God, it gives you confidence. It gives you assurance. Yes, you're humbled because you're looking at Jesus. We've talked about that. You're focused on Him. You can't be anything but humbled. But yet you have what? A confidence. What? That all is well. Paul could say, I know nothing by myself. As far as I know, I'm right with God. I've lived my life having a conscience void of offense. What? Towards God and man. And yes, we, we can have that. We can say that. I'm right with God right now. Now, I could mess up when I go out the door, but I'm right with God right now. Amen? And, uh, and that's, a, that's a confidence. That gives a peace. Uh, it's that, that sound mind in, in going through life. Confidence of a Christ-centered life. Paul writes in verse 25, Having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you for your furtherance and joy of faith. What's Paul saying there? I think he's saying, I'm convinced I'm getting out of this place. <laughs> I, 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 I prayed about it. I could live or die. Flip the coin. To, as far as I'm concerned, I can go either way, whatever God wants. <laughs> I'm not sure what I want. And since, I've, uh, since by the Spirit, uh, I, I believe it's going to be better for you that I stay, uh, I, I'm convinced now in my heart by the Spirit, that's exactly what God's going to do. <laughs> He's going to deliver me so I can minister more to you. That may bring more suffering my way. Paul had experienced that all his life. He said, but that's okay. God's always helped me through that. And it'll be for your good. So because I know God has yet good to do through me, the Spirit had convinced him of that, he had a confidence inside that he would be delivered. And we believe that he was delivered and was able to minister before he was imprisoned again. Uh, 
I know I shall abide and continue with you for all for your furtherance and joy of faith. Paul knew when it wasn't his time. He knew when it wasn't his time. That confidence it brings. And when we realize that, Paul also knew that confidence when it was his time. Uh, when he was imprisoned again there uh, in Rome and uh, imprisoned by Nero, he writes to Timothy, uh, Watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry, for I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. See, he had kept himself in the love of Christ. You see, that is his love towards Christ. <laughs> Did you know that Christ's love doesn't change towards you once you get saved? <laughs> you can't love you anymore. He proved, he proved his love on Calvary, amen? How could he love us anymore? But he says, I want you to let my love flow through you. I want you to be loving me and looking for my appearing. And that's what the Apostle Paul, and he's counted himself among those that loved his appearing and would be looking for that. Uh, Paul knew uh, when it was his time. He was left such a clear path to follow uh, for those who, uh, who uh, got to interact with him. In closing, I remember as a young man uh, when I was made deacon uh, one of the deacons of the church that we went to in, in St. Petersburg, Florida I've shared this illustration before uh, but there was a missionary couple that had to come off the field uh, their name were the Bakers and they, they had a uh, I forget what the field was right now but they also had a ra radio station there uh, Antigua maybe or something like that but, but they had to come home she got some kind of a cancer she got some kind of a cancer. And uh, um, I, the pastor asked me to go visit her once in a while and, and as, as part of what he wanted me to do as a deacon. I, I, I would visit her. And uh, of course, there was fasting and prayer involved and praying for her with this cancer. And, and uh, she wasn't getting better. And uh, her husband was you know, pretty strong. And, uh, but it was hard for them both. And I remember going in to visit them. I remember praying, you know, uh, God, how, how, can I, how can I be a help to this woman? Fact, fact is, she was a help to me. I, 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 felt, I was the one that was ministered to that whole time by, by her spirit. <laughs> and uh, and uh, that's, just, that's just a fact. And uh, she knew that you know, I was a young man and, and deacon, and she knew her Lord, and she was a blessing to me. And I remember uh, she had shared with uh, someone as we were, as uh, someone that had visited her, whether it was somebody else from the church and such. I can't remember, but she was in there for probably maybe a couple weeks, week and a half, and finally uh, she told her husband. She, she shared to us. She told her husband, "Jerry, you, the Lord's going to take me. It's okay. 
I want you to, I want you to let him take me. And so uh, after she said that, uh, she, was, she was gone the next day. And, uh, but her relationship with the Lord had given her that peace. And uh, to go through that, to be an encouragement to me, the cancer was so bad, it would be an effect her organs and her skin was getting that green hue and of the, just the, the poisons and the, and the jaundice and stuff in it that, that, that comes with a terrible thing like that. But the Lord gave her grace. She was a blessing. to Her, her spirit was a blessing. to I'll never forget it. Never forget it. And she said, tell him it's okay. The Lord wants to take me. And, of course, it was hard as, as he shared that. But the next day, uh, the Lord took her home. She knew when her, time, when her time came. You know, we all, if the Lord tarries, have a time that will come. And, uh, you know, the best way to prepare for that is, is, is to live for God now. Because if we know that God's here for us now, we know that he's going to be here for us then. You know, if we miss the promises and blessings he has for us now, how do we know we're not going to miss it then? How do we, you know, how do we know? We, we don't. We wouldn't have that confidence. We have that confidence as we walk with him. We see him answer our prayers. We see him minister to our hearts to convict us of our sins and to get that heart that's right with him again, that walks with him. And we get that confidence uh, that God is leading us and guiding us and uh, to have a Christ-centered life. And uh, I'm thankful for the pattern of the Apostle Paul and many believers in this church, uh, which are encouragement to me uh, and a challenge to me that I might also walk in faith uh, in, with the Lord Jesus uh, in my own life. <clears throat> Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word tonight. Lord, uh, best day of my life is the day I got saved. Never forget it. Father, I thank you for convicting me, sending someone to give me a gospel track, putting believers around me that would love me, care for me, show me the unconditional love of Christ. Thank you for allowing me to be immediately connected with a good Bible preaching Baptist church and being able to grow up there. Thank you for Lisa and I, how we've grown together in our lives and seen you move and provide. And I know that as the, the brethren here hear me pray that they can recall also your goodness and grace in their lives and, and your help and your power and your strength. And oh, Father, help us to, to go to this book time and again. Go to our knees time and again before you and Father, not to be uh, believers that are in and out, but believers that are out and out, like Timothy and like, like Paul and like, like Peter became and, and even Thomas, it seems, later, and so many others, Father Barnabas, and, uh, so many, Stephen, Heavenly Father. Um, help us, uh, Lord, to, uh, uh, to, have, to follow you uh, as Lord of our lives. And Father, when we do that, uh, uh, we realize that uh, it's the best thing. It's the greatest thing. And Father, there's no fulfillment outside of letting you rule our lives. and There's no joy like the joy of uh, knowing that your spirit is with us and speaking to our hearts. 
leading us and guiding us. Help us, God, dear God, not to miss that in our own lives. And, and Father, help us to be careful to thank you and praise you. We do ask these things in Jesus' name for his glory. Amen.